What's up, you crazy fighting entrepreneurs? Guess who it is? Your favorite person in the whole wide world. Back today, I'm stepping into the ring with a true hardcore entrepreneur. And uh, hey, I say this is a badge of honor. He's recently banned from Facebook. And I think that that's a, that, that's a badge, badge, a flag you carry. Uh, but here's the thing, he couldn't care less because he's kicking butt on basically everything else. Now, I have had the honor of knowing him for quite some time and tracking and watching his entrepreneurial journey. Just so you know, a sneak peek on what today's episode is going to be mostly focused on, I think, I'm doing this recording before we actually film the episode, is how he's going to invest $12 million this year into TikTok ads. Got your attention? TikTok ads is the next big thing coming, and I can say that our company just started dabbling, just started playing, and all I can tell you is it's different. It's so different. It's very different than what you're doing on Facebook or YouTube. At least that's what I'm hearing so far, and we're gonna learn exactly how it's different on this episode today. So tune in, watch, take notes, and make sure you click subscribe, click like, okay? Do all that stuff if you're on YouTube right now. Help us get this podcast out to more people. If you're listening on any of the other platforms, make sure you subscribe and leave us a great review. Onikpodcast.com. Learn.com if you want to join the entrepreneurial revolution. Make sure you're subscribed into learnlurn.com. And without further ado, I want to introduce you to Maxwell Finn. Now, here's how I met him. I actually can't remember. It's been at least five, six years ago. I met him because he had a company called StartupDrugs.com. The name catches your attention. It has to, right? Caught mine. And it was the first clothing line I had seen that had messaging and things that an entrepreneur would want to wear. And I remember spending some money there and, and, and thinking, what a unique concept. And then I started digging into who did it. And then I used to follow someone who was posting some really cool you know, content about Facebook ads and other things. Turns out I realized, the both were the same person. <laughs> the same person who owned Startup Drugs was the one who was posting all this. I know for a fact that Max went into a ton of e-commerce. He built multiple stores. He used to talk a lot about that. So I was following his journey. And then I will say for the last few years, we hadn't really connected a lot. I mean, I wasn't following him much. And um, I think he, now I know why. He's been damn busy. He's changed his his whole makeup of what he's focusing on. Now he's focusing on taking equity in multiple businesses, building a lot of companies. But even he says his biggest leverage that he's been able to bring to these businesses so that he can get all these amazing deals is his expertise in TikTok. So we're gonna break that down today, but I, I, he's got some fun stories. So I wanna get into those a little bit first so we can get to know him. Max, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for stepping into the ring with me today, man. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Thanks for being here. What's up, brother? It's great. Great to be back. It's great to to chat with you. And uh, I'm sure we're going to cover a lot of fun stuff today. Yeah. Well, let's, I don't know where we start. So what was your first business online? I know, I know it to be startup drugs. I don't think it was that though. What did you do like first? The first company was um, in college. So I started my senior year in college, started a company um, and did the, the venture backed thing. So the Silicon Valley route. Um, it was a company called The Daily Hundred. Eventually, we rebranded it to be called Loot. This is back in the early 2010s. Essentially, it was a, a mobile platform that incentivized uh, user engagement. So it allowed brands to run these giveaways where they could reward people for creating content with the product. Um, and then eventually morphed into sharing some social media, different kind of micro award platform, um, raised a lot of the you know, money and did all the, all the stuff you do if you're in Silicon Valley. Uh, focus on user growth, spending lots of money, not making any money, and did that for several years until we ran out of money. Nobody would give us any more money, and uh, and left that with no money and lots of maxed out credit cards and nothing to show for it. And that kind of started my my ecom journey because I was like, I can just 
I can start something and make money day one. Like I can start doing print on demand, whole new inventory, sell something today. Somebody else does all the work and I get the money right now. And I don't have to raise money. Yeah. I don't have to go pitch investors. It was a crazy idea. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, this isn't the first time I hear this. A lot of entrepreneurs, you've gone down the road and raised money. Um, so many of them come out and then they build more like lifestyle profit generating businesses and just go, God, this is so much easier. And it's like the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Because you, you, you talk to those entrepreneurs who are hustling every day, who have to pay their bills out of their own pocket. And they're like, oh man, that company just raised $150 million. You know, life would be so much easier. And it's like, I don't know, you know, for some t- for sometimes I think maybe in Learn's future, there might be a capital raise. But then a lot of times I'm like, gosh, I'm, I'm happy. Like I don't got bosses. I don't have anyone looking over me. So I, I get that. What was your first e-commerce store? What was your first like drop shipping e-com thing? Startup oh. Drugs was the first one. Um, oh, Startup okay, Drugs great. Started that at the very end of Loot. So like the, the tail end of that company, we kind of saw the right on the wall. Like let's start dabbling some stuff. And that's the first store we started. How did that do? What was that doing at its peak, like revenue wise or sales wise? Like I never understood if there was a lot of other people who loved it like I did. I always wanted to ask you that. Yeah, it was never, it was never massive. Like I think our best month ever was like $150,000, um, which again, in, you know, in the grand scheme of things for most people, that's a lot of money, but like, you know, knowing what I know now and seeing the numbers that we see now, like it's you know, a drop in the bucket. Um, but what I will say is it was a great place for me to learn how to run ads. It gave me a lot of credibility to get kind of into that world of the agency world and, and Facebook ad world. And then I also got to meet a lot of cool people because we had so many cool customers. You guys, you bought stuff. Russell Brunson, that's how I met Russell the first time. He bought a ton of stuff all the time. The Miami Dolphins, they placed large orders. Um, so we get all these really cool entrepreneurs and investors um, in like, you know, Silicon Valley, it's big names buying stuff or like tweeting about it. We had like Benioff from Salesforce retweeted one of the shirts, Justine Musk, who's Elon Musk's wife at the time. She retweeted with Elon's My Hero t-shirt. So it was a, a fun company to run. That's amazing. No, that, that's a lot of fun. Um, and so you told me you went on to sell that. There's a fun story you were telling me before we hit the record button. You want to tell that story of like the journey that startup drugs has gone down? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting story. So, and in the grand scheme of things, like this is like not a ton of money in either in either respect, but it's like a more more of a fun journey. So we sold startup drugs like four years ago, three years ago um, to a group that was actually like a kind of a venture group, but they were starting a entrepreneur podcast. They were starting to get into like the content space. So like, this is a perfect fit. So it was a total strategic buy. Like they paid more than the company was worth because it really just fit into the ecosystem perfectly. The company was kind of really not doing much. It was just like, you know, just organic sales coming. We weren't running ads anymore. Um, so it took a little bit of money, nothing big, nothing that changed anything that we did and haven't really thought about it. And then like, I would say six, nine months ago, uh, Russell messaged me and said, Hey, you know, cause he had been a fan and the customer for a long time. He said, Hey, do you still own startup drugs? And I said, no, we sold it a few years ago. You know, why? So, oh, well, I want thinking about doing something in the space. Like I'd love to just buy your company and give me a huge head start, get the customer, get the designs, all that cool stuff. And so I reached out, we reached out to the guy who originally bought it and said, we realized that nothing had happened on the store for a while. So I was like, okay, what are you doing with it? He's like, you know, honestly, nothing. We got busy. The guy was supposed to be running it for me. Like we had a falling out. So nothing happened with it really. And it just sits there. So we said to him, what if we could basically get you the cash that you paid us back plus more? And we split the more 50, 50 said, sure. No brainer. It's like, you basically get all your money back. Plus you make money for holding the company. And uh, so 
went back to Russell and proposed a number that everyone thought was fair, everyone was happy with, and uh, and he accepted it on that day. He said, hey, let me give my lawyers over the weekend. Monday, we had a deal closed, and uh, and I think everyone came out happy. Russell got the Be the Proud Owner Startup Drugs, um, the initial company that bought it from us. They got a you know decent return on it, and uh, and we made a little little cash as well. Again, nothing like crazy, but it was, it's more just like a fun story. Like it was just a crazy thing to sell a company yeah. twice, essentially. Yeah. I, I've never heard that before. So that's fun. Now, how long ago was that? Has Russell done anything with it yet? Cause I, I don't feel like I've seen any buzz about it. Buzz he about hasn't it. yet. Um, and again, like, I don't, you know, um, I don't know what his plan, his plans necessarily are with it. So I'm not going to yeah. like share anything, but you know, proprietary behind the scenes. Um, yeah, of course. I'm sure, I'm sure he's got something that works. The problem with like, he's just so busy. Like he's got, you know, a million things going on. Plus he's running, you know, a massive company. Um, So I'm sure we'll hear something soon. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So, so you did startup drugs and have you done a lot of other e-com stores? Like, I guess maybe walk us through a timeline. Cause when I just spoke to you before we started recording this podcast, you were talking about how now your big thing outside of TikTok is just, you're, you're actually working with companies, you're taking equity in them. You're working with major brands. Seems like a big step up in a few years from having started startup drugs to like now you're playing almost this like private equity type of role. Um, it's intriguing. So kind of maybe a quick synopsis of the journey between then and then for everyone listening, we're going to get into TikTok ads um, where I've got a ton of questions. I promise we will share some TikTok stuff once we get over my boring, <laughs> my boring story. I love your story. I think it's captivating. That's why I that's why I'm staying on it. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, like over the last few years we've done so for the last, I'd say it's not, it's only eight years now. Um, started my first agency eight years ago with, or seven, eight, um, with Kevin Harrington. So Kevin, his son, Brian, his lawyer, Jimmy, and we had two partners on my side, my current partner, Jeremy, we had another partner at the time we bought out. We started the company called Quantum Media, which is a marketing agency, and eventually morphed into kind of a full service thing. It, it just, it grew way too big in scope, way too big in overhead. We were working with like 3M and Sam's Club. We were also working with like dozens of product companies because everyone wants Kevin on, on a deal. Um, mm. And we ran that for about two years, realized towards the end of it, Jeremy and I were kind of like, hey, you know, we, we love the media buying part of it. We don't love the full service. We want to be more selective. So we started Unicorn four, four years ago, part of ways with Kevin and Brian. We still do stuff with them. We're still really friendly. Um, and since then, we've been much more boutique. We've been on the performance side, been working with a lot of a lot of really big, rapid growing D2C online brands. So brands like Onnit, brands like Goalie, brands like Hanacure, Glamnetic, like a lot of these really rapid growth, no BS skincare um, brands in that world that have, are doing hundreds of millions or billions of dollars a year and just growing rapidly. Um, and we've done it either on a performance model as like an affiliate, you know, getting a CPA essentially, um, or as an agency model, charging retainer plus percent of ad spend. So pretty, pretty typical. But eventually we got to the point, and this goes back to what you said earlier about like, you know, the grass is greener, right? It's like you're on the the kind of Silicon Valley side and you're like, I just want to make money today, but you're also building, you know, a multi-billion dollar company potentially with this massive exit. Yeah. Or you're on the agency side, the service side, you're making money today, but you're trading time for money and you're always working, you're not building something really sellable. Uh, like an agency yeah. is a really hard business to sell. Um you know, you have to do it like what Shaq's doing, like Shackleford and the, like what they're doing with structure where they're rolling up and they're, it's, it's a big endeavor to do it the way that they're doing it to actually build them to sell. Um, so what we decided to start doing is like, hey, we've grown so many brands and we've seen a lot of our clients over the years go on and sell, right? A lot of companies we worked with, we worked with Onnit for four years, they sold the Unilever, right? Like 
we're not, you know, we're not the directly responsible for that. We're a part of it. We've, we've, you know, generated millions and millions and millions of dollars in recurring revenue for them. But um, so now we're looking at, hey, we can bring our skills to you. We'll do a deal where there's some type of retainer. Maybe it's a three, four month um, onboarding where you pay us a cash fee while we get everything up and running and ramp up because there's a ramp up period. And then we'll have performance goals over a one to two year period where we can earn equity into the business based on performance milestones. And so for us, it's way more exciting because now we're building something. So we're putting our, maybe we're putting our time into something, we're getting paid for it, but we know we're actually building equity into something and not all these companies are going to sell or exit, right? But if we get one or two that sells, that's that's a huge payday. So we're kind of combining the best of both worlds where it's, we can make yeah. cash flow, but we can also build big things and take some big swings. I love that. Can I, you know, I'm seeing a trend. So anyone's watching, you can pay attention to this. There's a huge trend right now among the top of the top internet marketers. Okay. And I use quotes because I, I take issue with the term, um, probably because it's gotten a bit of a, of a negative connotation to it. But, you know, it, it defines, you know, I'm, a, I'm an internet marketer. That's how I got started. I do internet marketing. I taught internet marketing. And somewhere along the way, I became a business owner. Um, but, you know, even yourself, right? Like you were out there, you started a company and you started, you know, talking about and doing agency internet marketing. But I've seen this trend where it's like we're growing up. We're all growing up together and we're all starting to play the equity game. We're all starting to play the, you know, we're done kind of doing and now we want equity and we want stake in things, whether it's real estate. Like, so for me, you know, I've, I've made some investments in some businesses, but I'm really loving real estate. And everyone knows that I'm kind of going more and more towards real estate, but I, I want equity, right? Like I want to, I want to own the place. I want it to generate and I want to be able to sell it in X amount of time. Um, and I'm doing this in businesses too. I mean, I've, I'm investing in companies that I think can scale um, for the equity. And so you're doing that too. And like I watched Grant Cardone do it and I've talked to Grant where it's like he transferred his clout. The guy was so strategic for years before he knew he's going to blow up on social media. He's going to build this huge following and he's going to transfer that into this massive fund that buys real estate. And I'm seeing others do it now too. It's really smart. And I just want everyone else who's listening to pay attention to a lot of business a lot of business people, a lot of entrepreneurs are starting to realize, man, there's more money in owning than there is in doing. And so it's like own the asset, guide the asset and uh, find other people to do. Um, it's just better, but you gotta pay your dues. We all did, Max did, I did. They could kind of grow to that. Now you said something, and this is my beautiful transition. Um, before we started, you said, hey, it's our TikTok experience that's giving us the the leverage to be able, because that's the other thing, right, Max? Like, I mean, you're an agency at the end of the day. I talk to agencies all the time. If someone comes to me and says they want equity to be my agency, I'll be like, whatever, dude, I'll go to this agency. Like, that's ridiculous. How are you getting away with it? Like, why is that ask of yours actually working when, let's face it, there's a lot of agencies in the world. You you kind of mentioned, you alluded to, has something to do with TikTok. So can you dive deeper into like why you guys are getting away with this? So being on TikTok has been, Early, so we, we started on the platform about two years ago in the Alpha program. So there was an Alpha program, and Alpha, like for anyone that's non non techie, you know, it goes kind of Alpha, Beta, and then public launch in terms of when companies build software and build tech. Alpha, they kind of invite a small group of people because there's a lot of bugs and it's not really great yet. Beta, they open up to more people and then they do a public launch of the product. So being an Alpha, we were in very very early into the platform. Um, and, you know, transparently, like the first year we were on, like didn't really do much on it. Kind of spent a little bit of time. It was really basic, you know, didn't get great results, really low cost, but like that was about it. Um, and then uh, about 
little over a year ago, I got banned the first time by Facebook, but just on the ad side. So my profile was still fine. It was just, I got restricted from advertising. And so I was like, well, shit, I, my entire like identity is Facebook ads. Like I've spent my entire adult career being like a Facebook ad guy, building a Facebook ad agency, talking on every stage about Facebook ads, having a course, you know, courses with 10,000 students on Facebook ads. And now I can't even do the thing. Um, I need to figure something out. I need to change. I need to try something different. And so TikTok, I kind of jumped back into it. I said, I, I think I wasn't really using it personally, but I was like, I think this is the next thing. I think this is something real. I don't think this is going to be like a vine. I think this is going to be like the next big platform. And I think I should figure it out because there's something here. And I'd rather take a big swing and go down than like just kind of sit complacent and just get angry that I can't advertise on Facebook. And so I did that. And so I got on there and I, I messed around. I spent hours and hours a day in there figuring out, testing things, trying different offers, bringing some accounts on there. And this was not this Q4, but the previous Q4 and started seeing some wins in that Q4. I was like, okay, we're seeing some, some e-com trends, like some, some e-com companies winning. We're seeing some offers winning. So this is 2020 or 2021? This would be 2020. So not, not okay. this Q4 that we just had. Not the past one. Yeah. yeah okay. The one before that. Um, and, and it was, you know, I think it's accommodation things. I think there's a lot of luck that goes into what we all do. I think timing, there's all these factors that I can't control. It's just, I was right time, right place. I do think that all the authority, and this is what you talk about the grant, like if you can build up a lot of authority in something and, and influence and credibility, being able to transfer that influence into similar things becomes a lot easier than building it up brand new. So I was able to take all that, that equity I built over 10 years in marketing on Facebook and say, hey, this is a new thing I'm doing. So I was able to move people over there relatively easily. I started talking about it on social media before anybody else was really talking about it and leveraging that platform I already had. And then it just, it was just domino. It was all of a sudden people started reaching out because everyone was starting to hear about it, but nobody knew who to go to. There's no courses, no training. There's no agency that was doing it. So everyone just said, well, Max is talking about it. Why don't you message him? So I just started getting more and more people reaching out. And you know, then it was, you know, Russell, when we were doing actually a sale with him, I said, Hey, we're, we're dabbling this thing. Like you guys would probably crush on there. Like, can we do something? There? Said, sure. Let's, let's talk about it. So ClickFunnels is an early client of ours. And so we started getting yeah, ClickFunnels on board and like, okay, we're running stuff with Russell. And then it, it started to just create this, this wave, you know, that, that cascaded. So to answer your question of like, how do we get away with this? I think one is we were first movers, early first movers on TikTok. So we were early to this big party that everyone now is, is figuring out is like here to stay and they want to figure it out and crack it. Um, I think the other thing though, that's beyond TikTok is like, we just ask, I think this is, this is what a lot of agency owners and a lot of media buyers and marketers are, don't do. I think they, they negotiate against themselves before they actually get to the sales table. So before <laughs> they even go to sell to a client in their head, they're saying, I think this price is too high. I think if I said, 8K instead of 7K, they're going to say no because they're going to think I'm crazy. And so they're lowering their price before they even ask and get an actual no. And I see so many people, so many students of mine that I talk to that are running agencies. I'm like, dude, you're, the results you're getting are amazing. Like, but you're charging three grand a month for your services. You should be charging eight grand a month. I can't tell you what people I tell to charge more. They come back to me a month later. They're like, guess what? My client said yes. 
and I'm charging. It's like, it's crazy. So we've always charged a premium. Like our agency is probably the most, like that's what we hear most commonly from all of our clients. Like you're the most expensive agency we pay. Um, but we're, we're okay with that. We're okay with a lot of people not being the right fit. We're okay with a lot of people saying no, because I want to work with the people that can afford to pay us 15 grand a month to work with us that can afford it. And like, if they come to us say, Hey, you're the most expensive agency in the world, basically for what you do. Like, and we say, we also do equity deals. That's what I do. Like it, it positions us as it's like, there's gotta be a reason why they're charging this much. Like I want to work yeah. with those guys. So it's all about positioning. It's all about how you, you put yourself into the marketplace. If you come in and say, we're a 5k a month agency. Yeah. You're not gonna need equity because you're a diamond dozen. Okay. I, I want everyone to just go back and rewind and listen to that segment again, that that was gold. And we could probably go the entire session now today in the podcast talking about it, but I definitely want to talk about TikTok ads, but holy crap. Like I have one friend who I coach and when we started, he was charged, he's an agency and was charging 2,500 a month. And I told him, I said, you know, if you go to 3000, it's going to be absolutely zero lick of a difference, but that 500 additional a month from 10 clients just paid for one entire employee. And it took me a couple of months. He finally did it. And he's like, oh my God, it made no difference. And I said, this number is really not going to change for you for many thousands to come. And there will be a point in time where yes, your conversion rate will drop a little, but the amount that you're netting more from those other clients will far overshoot what you lost. And he just recently worked his way up to his last close was 7,000 per month. And, and, and he's texting me saying, I, I cannot believe it. That was an easier close. And I was like, now go to eight. And he's like, are you, are you crazy? I'm like, go to eight, fine. Keep going until you get enough nose to push back. But you're absolutely right. You are so right. People just don't ask. I mean, sometimes, you know, and, and I was that way too, just so everyone, sometimes people ask me like, Hey, how do you get these huge relationships with, you know, Damon, John, Robert Kiyosaki, Les Brown, Bob Proctor. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I learned that from one of my team members, who I remember for Robert Kiyosaki, I mean, he, he wanted to reach out with something and I said, there's no point. And he was like, just ask, what do we care? We reach out, what's the worst they do? Don't reply to the email. It took me 30 seconds to write the email. And turns out deca millions later in a beautiful relationship later, it's just because we asked. So I love that message. Listen, guys, go out there and ask for what you want and increase your ask. What's the worst that happens? You get a no? change your ask. <laughs> if that's really a problem for you, then you can change it afterwards. Uh, brilliant stuff, man. Well, awesome. I'm, I'm really, really excited and glad to hear that you figured this out. Let me ask you a question. You said you've been on TikTok. You started playing with it in Q4 2020. Did ads exist then? Or were you playing with it on the organic side? Like when did ads even start? Was it that long ago? Yeah. So it's definitely been, it's the ad platform was, was existing back then. It was existing for, you know, for, six plus months before that Q4. Um, so oh, the, wow. the ad platform, the, the first time they pitched us was almost, it was over two years ago. Cause it was before we even, I was back in lived in an apartment. So it's before we even lived in our, our home that we built um, before I was, I think it was just when I was getting married, um, they were actually pitching us. So it's oh. it's been around for a while. It's just, again, it's one of those things where people don't pay attention to something until most people start paying attention to it. So it's kind of the stealth, under, and if you remember back in the early days with Facebook, like when you yeah. say an ad platform, it's like, it's bare bone. It was, there was, you know, really, really basic, almost no targeting options, very low optimizations, really yeah. everything was super, super bare bones. So it wasn't until probably like a year and a half ago or so that it started getting 
to a point where like this is actually worth investing a good amount of time into. I, d I did not know that. I honestly, I thought, I just, I'm glad I asked the question because I was assuming this whole time, oh, he must've been playing the organic side, but no, you went right into paid ads. And speaking of bare bones, forget that, man, I remember Google. <laughs> I remember when they launched their pay-per-click system. I mean, just ages me in this industry, but holy moly, was it simple. You, you literally would go in, you make an ad, you type some keywords, you hit go. I mean, that was it. It was like the easiest, I, I miss those days. It was awesome. I, I loved their platform back then. But um, okay, so you've been with TikTok for for since Q4 of 2020. Um, I guess let's get right into it. I mean, where do you see it going so everyone can and can hear about it? And then I'll let you take it away, man. Start like I want to turn this into a consult session very uh, selfishly. You know, how do I do TikTok ads? Like, where am I supposed to go? What should, what do I need to know? And I think everyone else will listen and, and follow along and I'll ask questions as we go. But yeah, where do you see the platform going? Do you think this is it? You think this is the next Facebook or Google? Like it's gonna blow up like crazy or is it a short-term thing? I do. I think we're, you know, I don't think at this point it's even an opinion. I think it's, we're, we're beyond the question of whether this is the next Facebook and Google. There's more, TikTok now is more content being consumed hourly than YouTube, right? Yeah. It's it's number one in terms of time spent, time and app, engagement, content posted, all these metrics in the world, not just like in small niches, like compared to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, but all the big players, Snap, Twitter. So it's there. It's over a billion monthly active users. There's, you know, on just the ad platform alone, there's over 15 million people that are targetable over 55 in the United States, English speaking. So it's like, wow. we're, what I, what I like to compare where we're at is back, I would say it's probably like seven, eight years ago, maybe six years ago on, on Facebook, when it started aging up rapidly, when the, the growth shifted from high school, college, well, Facebook, you know, college, then in high school, kind of younger people to parents to grandparents. There was these kind of gradual shifts to demographics because mm. what ends up happening with platforms, once they hit a tipping point, once they become like mainstream and it's like every kid is using it, what happens? The parents, I'm a new parent, so I know like the, the parents want to figure out what their kids are doing. And so yeah. they get on the app because like every kid in my kid's high school or middle school or college is on this thing. I want to see what's going on here. So they start snooping and then they get addicted to it. And then they spend all their time on it. And then their parents get on it because that's the only way for they can communicate with their kids and their grandkids is they got to be on it. So it's just, it's this tidal wave that once that starts, it's impossible to stop, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Because those people are less fickle. Like the parents and grandparents aren't as like, they're not trend hoppers like high school, college kids are. So once you get that group, it's much harder to lose. You, that's like Facebook, they still exist because it's like that demo is like not stopping using Facebook. So it's still a massive, yeah. massive user base. Um, so yeah, I, I think when people ask like, is TikTok a fad? Um, is TikTok going to just be like a vine? It's like, we're, we're way past that point. Now we're at the point, in my opinion, like based on the questions I'm getting where people are saying like, is my customer on there? We're starting to get to that phase of it where the, the businesses and the marketers are saying, Hey, well, okay, I get it. It's here to stay. It's popular, but like, it's just young people using it. My customer's not on it. Like that was also another objection with Facebook in the early days, the B2B clients, people selling high ticket. They're like, this is just college kids. They don't have money. They're not going to buy anything on Facebook ads. That obviously turned out to be wrong. And we're already seeing that with TikTok now. It's aging up really rapidly. Like I said, stat, you know, 15 million, 14 million on a range, 55 and up English speaking US. It's a, it's a lot of people, 55 and up to have that many yeah. people. And that's growing really fast. Um, yeah. We're seeing success on both an agency level and a consulting level with clients that sell 
you know, info programs, training programs. Um, we have a, a consulting client that does remote closing, teaching that skill. It's, you know, a $6,000 program they sell over the phone. They're just crushing it right now. Um, so it, it's a wide range of businesses seeing success um, from lead gen. We're seeing a lot of people crushing it with auto insurance, solar, um, refi, EDU, all that space to all the traditional e-com you'd expect to crush to info, education, uh, consulting businesses, knowledge businesses are doing really well. Low ticket, high ticket, driving to a call. Like it's it's working across the board for, for a pretty wide range of businesses, which, which is awesome. And what's really cool is that you're seeing the targeting options expand. So this is, again, I'm, I'm very bearish on Facebook and part of it, I have to be obvious. It's, it's obvious I'm, I'm biased to some degree because they banned me. So I have some personal feelings in it, but trying, I still use Instagram. I'm still a big fan of Instagram. Um, so that makes me a little less biased, I guess, but like, I just think the writings in the wall from the Facebook ad standpoint that Facebook on the ad side has taken the exact opposite approach that TikTok's taking. They're removing things. They're taking, tar- taking tons of targeting options away. They're trying to make it more privacy focused, making it, you know, try to retain users by making it more, you know, let's treat the users better. Let's do all this. TikTok, while they're while Facebook's doing that, it's adding tons and tons of targeting options, expanding into hashtag targeting, adding tens of thousands of interests you can target. I mean, you can target like really specific stuff now on TikTok, which is amazing. Expanding their geo-targeting. Like it's it's impressive what they're they're adding. So yeah, I'm really bullish on the platform. I think once you pass a billion monthly monthly active users, like you're not going anywhere anytime soon. They just have too much sway, too much sway in pop culture and too much money. Is that what they are at? Is that, are they at a billion already? Already? Over a billion. Yeah. Wow. They passed okay. that like six plus months ago. They passed that I think I created actually. my account when they were at like 200 million, maybe max, which is impressive. 5X. Yeah. yeah. 5X. And they, they're the only non-meta app to pass 3 billion downloads. So the only other apps that have been downloaded many times are owned by meta. So Facebook, WhatsApp, Messenger, Instagram. And now wow. TikTok. So, okay. So I have a side question, by the way, just it yeah. completely has nothing to do with TikTok, but I forgot to ask it earlier. And I'm just curious. I can understand why your Facebook ads account got probably banned because God knows they ban most people and it is what it is. And there's, but you mentioned your personal Facebook just got banned two weeks ago. What's up with that? Were you out there? Is, are you making political posts? Are you talking about Facebook? Like I've not, it's very rare for them to ban a personal profile. What do they got against you? What'd you do? It's weird um, because I, so knock on wood, my you know Instagram where I post most a lot of content like hasn't had any issues. I yeah. honestly I posted maybe like ten times this year on Facebook, like my personal Facebook, and they've been like promoting my mastermind business, like really lukewarm generic stuff. You know, every now and then I'll post you know something about, but not like I don't take sides politically. It'd be like about inflation or something like a specific yeah. issue, right? Not like it's it's more about the economics of it than like. Yeah, Joe Biden's this or Trump's this. It's like, I never really yeah. do that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I would say probably the most likely thing is that um, one of our businesses that we own is in the political world. And it is, and I don't want to make this not a, I'm not trying to make this a political episode. I'm just just, yeah. just telling people what's, what's going on. So yeah. it's conservative leaning. So we, we've been in the conservative kind of political space since 2016. Um, back when we had our business with Kevin, we, we were the first people to sell um, president trump coins so we were the first people to sell like u.s currency with trump on it it was a massive success that's a whole nother episode we can do that was a crazy business and now like i did uh, the new york times did an interview with them actually last month about it because they're doing a whole piece on on like trump's 
profiteering and collect it's it's a whole thing but anyway um so we've been in that market for a really long time and uh i'm not really involved in it day to day like i said we have a, we have a ceo that runs it day to day um i was on the pages my, i'm connected to the ad accounts and pages but like i'm not in there running the ads or posting anything mm. i will tell you that that sunday that i got banned multiple of our csrs also got banned from facebook um so that seems to be the most likely thing and one of our pages also got deleted like didn't get rejected or like like suspended or banned it just got it vanished like one of our facebook pages that had ads running vanished um and what, what's messed up about it and that's what i'll say is like one of our csrs she's awesome she's a big gamer huge oculus fan has had oculus since like day one has spent a lot of money and she doesn't make a lot i mean we pay really well but like she's a you know csr until she worked with us she didn't make good money like um spent a good amount of money on games for oculus all that's gone like that's people, people I don't, don't think realize when you get your Facebook banned is think about how many things you link your Facebook to. I even had to do my, my Spotify. It was like, I was going to listen to Rogan. <laughs> I was like, why is my Spotify not working? I was like, oh, because I linked it to Facebook and I got banned by Facebook. So now I can't log into Facebook. So it was a whole ordeal just to get back into Spotify and get back into all the other things I paid for. Uh, it's, um, so first of all, for anyone wondering, CSR stands for customer support representative. So it's, it's customer support person. It's sad. I asked you this question, not to turn this into a political episode, but because I, I, I haven't been following your personal posts and I figured it had something to do with the penalty of having conservative related thoughts and it's wrong and it's completely wrong in my opinion. Um, I don't care. It's just, it's just so, it's so un, again, un-American and so un, you know, anyways, let's not go down that track. I'm sorry that that happened to you and that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a separate episode. I could, I could as well, by the way. And I, and and there is a big thought process happening right now where I actually think I am going to start another podcast because I need an outlet to talk about some of the things happening in the world that I just, I keep it inside and I think my head's going to blow up one of these days. So I just need a place to put it out. Last, last thing I'll say that that's why my, um, my buddy Lo Silva, who also lives in Orlando, we started a show a year ago at his, we have a studio in his office um, called Down the Middle. And that's, we don't talk business at all. We literally, it's, we get to hang out for an hour and we just talk about current events, whatever we want. And it's the best like hour of my week because it's no business, no marketing. We just talk about whatever we want to talk about. And it gives us an outlet. It's like totally separate from our businesses and stuff. It's like, we can just go there, just vent, talk about whatever we want, be totally free about it. And it's, yeah. it's amazing. So I highly recommend it if you're thinking about well, it. So a couple of things, first of all, funny you mentioned that I just connected with Lo Silva recently. So he, he also, we just filmed him on the podcast. Love the guy. We've been going back and forth. Um, he's just, what a, what a, what an awesome guy. Um, have you seen the podcast all in all in podcast? Okay, so that I, I'm an avid fan. I love watching it. And so that was what kind of inspired one of my friends and I to say, we should start something like this. Just fun. I honestly, God, I don't care if hundreds of thousands of people watch it or don't. I just need an outlet. I need a place to vent for an hour where I'm allowed to do that. So it's awesome. What's your podcast called with Lowe's? I want to go, I want to listen to it. So it's called, it's called Down the Middle with Max and Lowe's on Apple, Down Spotify, all those things. Love it. All right, perfect. All right. So let's get back to TikTok. Although I don't want to talk about TikTok anymore. Now I want to talk about this stuff, but that's okay. We'll come back to another episode. Um, so what's working? Like, how do you get on the platform? What do you do? I will give you this much. So uh, my team, because I have an in-house media buying team. So that's, that's a little rare. Typically, most people don't have that. I've invested quite a bit. I love my team. They're brilliant. 
Um, so we decided, all right, let's attack this thing. And uh, we've actually had sales now. I mean, we've been doing it for a couple of weeks. We can have, I don't know. And we've had sales. We're, we're the pixels firing. We've invested a decent amount of money. Um, we got to optimize it and all that. But what are you seeing work? Like, let's just say, forget me for a minute. Someone who's just getting ready to get started. They, they're making some money. They have an e-com store. They have a publishing business. Because you mentioned it works for all kinds of businesses. I did not think that initially. I thought maybe e-com only. What do you tell them? They go in, they set up an account. Walk me through some of the steps that you feel are important for people to know, and then we can kind of pull that thread further. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like here, here's the thing about TikTok is um, from a technical standpoint, the the actual UI, and you know this if you've looked in their media buying team knows this, like they, they copied Facebook, which is smart. You don't want to change consumer behavior. You take the biggest player and you make it look and feel exactly the same. So if you've been in Facebook ads manager, you're going to feel at home inside TikTok ads manager. It's everything's the same little different name they call like you know ad groups instead of ad sets little things like that but like overall it's the way the campaign set up the campaign builder the objective selection the ad set like all that stuff looks the same feels the same you're going to figure it out if you spend any time in facebook that's not like the big mistake people make when they come into tiktok and i made this mistake early on is they think it's just another ad platform it's just another channel where i can just push out my marketing and sell stuff and you can do that on other channels like facebook what made it so successful is that you could like have a relatively crappy image and like decent copy and a decent offer and like throw an ad up there back in the day and like make money. And you could run that ad for weeks and weeks, months sometimes. I know people, we had one client back in the day, early days in Unicorn that came to us. First business, it was a STEM toy business that he started, had no idea what he was doing. He boosted a single post, boosted post, not even ads manager, boosted no call to action, just an image of the toy and text. Spent a million dollars on that over like six months and sold like $4 million for the toys. Like that, that was Facebook back in the day. Like for anybody that's like yeah. missed, you missed the wave there. Like that was, Facebook was amazing back, back in the day that, that it happened. TikTok isn't that way, right? You need to understand the app. You need to understand what's going on inside TikTok. And this was tough for me because I couldn't, for a long time, I resisted getting on the app because it just, I didn't get it. I was like, this stupid, it's just a bunch of kids dancing. Like I, it, it was just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I wasn't getting anything out of it. I started spending more time in there. I was like, okay, now like it's learning who I am. It's learning what I like. Now the content I'm seeing makes a lot of sense. I really like it. It's really addictive, but it's very different content. It's not what you see on YouTube. It's not what you see on Facebook. It's not what you see in their channels. Unless what you're seeing there is people reposting their TikToks, which they do now. Every reel is a TikTok or YouTube shorts TikTok. Um, so if I give like anybody advice, the number one thing is start spending 30 minutes a day inside TikTok minimum. Create an account, spend 30 minutes a day in there, start looking at content, start creating content, start getting uncomfortable because it's not, doesn't feel natural at first, but you need to start creating content that fits into this thing, right? Into the app. Um, so that, that's the, that's the big one is understanding creative, understanding the cultures, understanding the nuances. And I have strategies we can talk about, you know, towards the end of the episode, if you want, um, I don't know where we're at time-wise, but strategies to talk about how we do research, how we have a lot of cool things that we do there in terms of just like finding the right things. Cause I'll just share it now. Even We'll just keep going. Yeah, yeah, please. I was going to say, go for it. Like, so I want to pause real quick. So before you share that everyone, the, the, the things that, that uh, Max is referring to, I totally get it. There's trends inside of TikTok at all going time, certain music that's doing better. Like for example, if I made a video right now for you and you've not been inside TikTok and I was just doing this, 
that makes no sense to you. But these are some of the most captivating videos because they have text pop up. So if you do an ad, if you know that and understand that, you just made your ad a thousand times easier because it's literally someone filming you just going like this. You put some text in every time you point, bada bing, you put the latest, greatest song that's playing on TikTok and you got yourself an ad. Like This is something my team, by the way, just recently taught me that they were telling me this, right? So I'm like, okay. Um, but it behaves differently. The app is very different than and than than Facebook. And that's part of the reason why it's so successful. So that's what he means by be in there, be a part of the community, see what's going on, understand it. Uh, but now you're going to get into research and all that. I, that was going to be one of my questions anyway. So please continue. Yeah. So here's I mean, the easiest thing is like no other app out there tells you exactly what to make. Like you can't, you know, on Facebook or YouTube, there's nowhere you can really go in the app to know like, here's exactly the exact type of video, the length, the structure, the style, the text, the sound that I should use to make the most viral ad for YouTube right now, right? There's lots of research apps and tools and you can see what competitors are running and stuff, but that's not the same. Like TikTok literally tells you, this is the most viral TikTok in the last seven days for this specific keyword, for this specific hashtag. So you can go into the app, you can go to discover, you can go to the search bar at the top and you can type in, how to make money online. Let's say you're in, in our, our space, right? And you can go to the top right, there's a little filter icon. You can filter by times. So you can go in the last week, last 30 days, last year, go last week. Then you can go by most liked. And now it's gonna show you in a grid view, here's all the TikToks ranked by likes that are about how to make money online, that have been posted organically. And so I can go in there and look, okay, this video posted three days ago has 80,000 likes, has 2 million views. What wow. are they doing, right? What are they? What texts are they using on the screen? What font styles are they using? What sound are they using? Like a trending sound? Are they using some type of funny trend? Are they using some new effect? Are they using green screen video background? Are they using duets? Are they using stitches? Right? There's all these kind of inside TikTok ways that you can create content. Um, if you do that every single day and you take notes, how are these videos opening? Right? What's the first word they're saying? What's the first sentence they're using? And I write this down. And I study it every single day, and then I create you know, spend 30 minutes creating content, replicating that with my product and with my service in it, you're going to get a lot better and you're going to see much, much better results than you would other way, like just hopping in, even if you're a good media buyer, hopping into TikTok, not doing that and just thinking you know it because you're good at Facebook ads or good at YouTube ads or good at other channels. Um, that's the X factor. Like I, all the technical stuff and I could spend, you know, Wow. We could spend hours that's... talking about ABO versus CBO, cost cap versus, you know, lowest cost, you know, how many, you know, ad groups you should have. And I'm fine to talk about like just basic structures. We talk about that. But like, if you could walk away with one thing, people listening to this podcast, listen to the show, it is use the app, spend time making creative, spend time watching creative, engage with content, take notes, notes, notes about every trending video you see that's relevant to your industry. Like it's, it's not rocket science. Um, and the videos that you shoot, the last thing I'll say, like you mentioned, um, one of the common objections that get from people, especially new clients is like, I got to create so many videos. It's way more video intensive than other platforms. You can make like a few videos, few images and run them for months. It's not like TikTok. TikTok, you might have to create new videos every few days, every week. Um, but you don't need to write a long script. You don't need high production value DSLRs or mirrorless cameras or mics. Like you need your iPhone and the app and to just know what this is like the cool trending sound to use and shoot a 10 second video. Even some of the things that are trending right now, like text walls are really big right now. So this trend of creating seven to 10 second videos with big walls of text on them, that's just somebody doing something interesting in the background. 
that's blown up on the platform the last two months or so because it games the algorithm because guess what it's factors that TikTok looks at is how many times somebody watching the video they're going to reward you if somebody watches that video three four five times that's an addictive video if somebody presses pause that's that's a signal if somebody watches 100 of the video that's a good signal so if you make your video shorter than the amount of time it takes to read all the text guess what happens people loop the video because they got to read all the text or they pause it to read all the text so that's become a big trend that doesn't take a lot of time that literally is the easiest video to make like shoot a video of you working reading a book and then put a big wall of text with some marketing tips on it like you can do a bunch of those okay so that by the way brilliant brilliant advice I did not know you can do that. So I played with TikTok a lot and I <laughs> I broke it. Um, but I, I went in there knowing this account, I'm going to break it. I'm going to do everything a bad marketer does because I was just trying to understand the platform. Um, and so I started playing with it in May of 2021. And by end of June or early July, I broke it. But in that time, I built up like 50,000 followers. I had millions of views and it was my face. But what I was doing had nothing to do with I would go out and find other cool videos. And I had like about 10 people I was following. I'd like, I'd look around, I'd scroll on their thing to see like which video just popped out, like which one had a lot of views. And then it would be like, oh, secret website to help you blah, 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 right? And I would make my own version of it. I never copied it. I'd even give other resources, but I'd make my own version. But what I took, what I did steal was the hook. I was like, okay, this hook. And what I found, and I want everyone to know this because this really worked, really worked is those hooks, those videos would take off immediately upon uploading. And then I would say, I'm a good marketer. Let me come up with my own hook, not inspired by anybody else. Eight times out of 10, my video wouldn't do crap. So I was like, okay, I can take the hook with proven factor and 10 out of 10 times, the thing's gonna do well. It's gonna, maybe it won't do as well as the original one, but it's gonna do well. Or I can take a 20% success rate on my own creative mind. And, and by then I had just beat it up so much, I got shadow banned. They were like, yeah, we're done with you. We don't want to post any of your stuff. But I went and created a new account right off the bat again. So I didn't even occur to me to take that trend and that approach of thinking and apply it to TikTok ads, which is, and I didn't know you could search. That's insane. I mean, that, like you just, I used to sit there, man, and just scroll like freaking, you know, looking for top, top ads. Not a bad way either. The for, you, the for You page is incredibly personalized and tailored to you after a relatively short period of time. Um, yeah. So even after using the app a little bit, like just scrolling through the For You page and interact with the content that really resonates, like you could also just do that and take really good notes, right? But the, the search gives you a little more specificity yeah. over what you're looking well, at. Well, what I would actually do is like, so for example, I, I, I wanted to see your videos. I'm like, okay, Max talks about the same type of stuff I talk about. Uh, his following would be similar to my following. I'd go to yours and scroll through your videos looking for out. There's always outliers, everybody. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's the most famous person on TikTok. They're always going to have like average views, average views, average views times 10. You're like, what the heck did they do or say in that video? And I want to pull out. Yeah. What's that? I got, got 100,000 views on it. it. happened to me a few weeks ago. It's one video I posted, I got 100,000 views on it. Like it's- There you go. Yeah. So I love that. Didn't even really think. Now what I was thinking, which is interesting, <laughs> I didn't think about it for TikTok ads. In my head, I was thinking, well, if I, because I'm going to start doing TikTok organic very actively here. By the time people are watching this interview, it may have already started, um, but I'm putting a whole plan together. And I was thinking that's the perfect place to see the hooks and angles that really work well and then you take that and you pull it and put it in your ads because you know that that statement is making people, but I, it didn't even occur to me that, hey, we can reverse engineer this, go find what other content already people are saying, and I can film something short. And that is the ad on TikTok 
now you just know you're paying to get that reach, but people are more likely to react to it anyways. Okay, so let's build off of that. One of the things I know about TikTok though is you can't just use any music unless you do it. Like if I film the ad outside and I pop in the most popular music, there's a copyright issue with that, right? Like, do you have to do it on the native, on the app? You have to film all your ads? So this is really important. If you are a business, so if you're a business organic profile, you're not allowed to use commercial music. If you're like a you know, register as a business profile on the account. Um, and then on the ad side, you're not allowed to use music that is, you know, basically copyrighted. So pop, any basically song you can't use in your ads. It doesn't matter whether it's a Spark ad, which is we can get into, which is basically existing post IDs. That's like taking a post that's supposed to organically and boosting it. That's what Spark ads essentially are. Or whether it's just like a totally kind of native ad using a custom identity inside the ads manager. When I say using trending sounds, what I'm talking about is like what really trends in the app there's like the big stuff that they put on the homepage, the big hashtags, the big, the next latest Drake song, the Juice World song, things like that. But what's really like trending in niches and communities is people taking like users audio and like creating a video based on what they're saying. So there'll be like videos of somebody like doing like saying something crazy to Starbucks drive through. And then people take that and they're like, okay, this is what you got to do. This is what you're supposed to do to the sound. Um, or even right now, like one of the, the big ones I'm trying to, See, like I should have pulled this up before we even got started. Like that, um, like the one that recently trended, where it's the little girl saying, uh, "She's like Coco, you have to say okay, Mama, when I say this," and and she's like, and the little and the girl is, like, "I'm just a baby," and you see people have created their own version of that, like a million of them. Or like there's yeah, this is like one that's like this style of I don't know if anyone's gonna be able to see it, but it's like, like, okay. So then it's like people doing something like super, um, like something super complex. So it's basically like the theme is like, you got to write in the text when somebody tries to explain something crazy or difficult to you, this is your reaction. Um, so it's, here's the sound and you're going to then shoot a video following the instructions. By the time you see these things, a lot of these trending sounds will have like 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 videos that have been made using that sound. So you'll be, you'll see examples, all the top ones will be at the top. So you'll know exactly what to do. Like, okay, here's what I should do. I should say this, I should do this. And it's, you know, again, it's going to feel uncomfortable um, initially. Like it's going to feel weird, especially if you're not used to like doing silly things. Um, but it gets, it gets natural over time, the more and more you do it. Um, but yeah, there's like, you know, there's, there's so many funny things. There's like, um, I could go on and on about it, just like videos that I've tried and, and done. And again, like not all of really hits, but it's like, yeah. That's what people want to see in the app. So do you have to film it in the app though? Like right now, the last few TikTok ads I filmed, my my AV team filmed them, but will it do better? Like, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is do I film something as an organic post, post it to my TikTok and then turn that into an ad? Or do you, is there like a backend system to use? So there's, there's two ways you can go about it. Um, so there's a Spark ad direction, which is, inside TikTok, inside your profile, you create a TikTok and then you could amplify that. You can link your ad account to that post essentially, get authorization. So, uh, and again, like there's so much technical stuff here that I just don't have time and bandwidth sure. to get into, but like yeah. at a, each TikTok you post in the settings, if you scroll to the far right, there's ad settings and you can basically give permission to use that as an ad. It gives you a code, you share that code with the ad account and they link the two together. 
Um, okay. So that's Spark ads. What's valuable at Spark ads, where I think there's a big opportunity, is things like search arbitrage, where like a popular search or a popular keyword, you can kind of artificially push your video up to the top of that. So there's a, a double benefit. So obviously you're running this as an ad. So people that are seeing it as an ad, they're going to click through and get your offer or whatever. But the views stick, the likes stick. Doesn't matter whether they come from ads or organic. So mm. like for me now, it's like I've done, I've used a few of my, my TikTok posts, not TikTok ads in ads for my programs. And so now if you search certain like how to run TikTok ads or TikTok ad tips, some of my videos now pop up in the top few videos and they're there now forever until somebody, you know, maybe, maybe gets more views, but for a long time. So that's, that's this long kind of tail um, results that I get. I get longer results because of that. And now Google also is pulling TikToks in and search results. So there's a lot of cool stuff happening there in the search world. Hmm. Um, so that's an added benefit. The downside is that when somebody sees that ad as a spark, if they click on your profile icon or your, your handle, it takes them to your profile. When you do a normal ad through TikTok, through Ads Manager, where it's not linked really to a page, anywhere they click, it takes them to your website, to your destination. So you get a lot more outbound clicks with normal kind of custom identity ads than you do with Spark ads. Um, but like, there, there's all these trade-offs. Like Spark ads too, like we have clients, a lot of clients that are verified. So Spark ads, you get the blue check marks that adds credibility and makes it look more legit. Um, so to answer your question, there's Spark ads you can do inside the app. Um, but then there's also, if you just don't want to go on the ads manager and just upload videos, you shoot videos on your iPhone and just put them in there or you use InShot or Canva or whatever to edit or, or After Effects or Premiere, you can just upload them directly. And then there's also an editor inside TikTok ads manager, a video editor where you can add the text overlays. You can add the transitions. You can add sound. You can do that inside ads manager as well. Do they favor one or the other? Is it favorable to them to make the ad inside or outside? Do you know? I honestly, I don't have any, and I pulled data on this. Like I personally don't have any statistically significant data to say that okay. like Spark ads versus custom identity ads, ads created inside TikTok versus ads created in shot and uploaded outperform. I've had massively successful ads that were shot on my iPhone, edited in shot, uploaded. I've also had massive successful ads in Spark. Let's say um, I go and I, I go to the search, I love what you said, and I Google like how to make money online. And the first ad that comes us about, I don't know, first top organic video is about affiliate marketing. And I'm like, oh, that's my territory. I can do that. It's like, you know, and they make it a certain style. So I make my own. I never ever copy anyone. I make my own, but I get inspired by theirs. And so I'm just planning on making an ad for now. Let's just say I'm not gonna go the Spark route. So I just kind of say what I need to say it's kind of like making it as if it was an organic post. And at the end, what do I just say a swipe left or is there a call to action? You put click a link. Is there like, I know very little about ads. So is there a link? Is there a link overlay on TikTok ads or what are they supposed to do? What's the call to action? So there's two ways somebody could exit um, from a call to action standpoint. They could swipe left. Don't say swipe up. A lot of people make the mistake and uh -huh. TikTok will reject <laughs> your ad. Well, one, it'll actually, you're, you're encouraging them to skip your ad because that's what swiping yeah. up does in TikTok. So it's a bad idea. And two, they actually will eventually reject the ad because it's telling a user to do something that's not like a functional part of the ad. Um, yeah. It's frustrating. We've had a lot of clients that have shot like lots of great content for us and they think it's a great, but it's like, dude, everything here's Instagram. Like this is not, not going to work. Yeah. So swiping left takes you off platform. <coughs> um, and then there's also a call to action button that pops up below the, um, the description text. So you have your, kind of your profile name, your handle, 
you have your, your caption text, like 80 characters, and then you have your learn more, shop now, buy now, below that. So those are the two ways that somebody is going to be able to click off. But like I said, if it's not a Spark ad, if they also click your profile icon or your name, it'll also take them to your website, to your destination link. So on Spark ads, the other thing is if they're clicking off and clicking my profile link, doesn't tracking become, does tracking still stick? Or did, did, did you lose tracking with tacking? Did you lose tracking with Spark ads? So are you saying if they click your, let's say it's your Spark ad, they click to your profile and then on your profile, they decide to then- Click the URL. Yeah, yeah. So you'll, you won't have the UTM, if you like UTM parameters from your destination link inside your ad, you yeah. wouldn't have those because it'd be a different link that you'd have in your profile, unless you yeah. also have the same type of link there. You would still have, you know, TikTok would still look at it as like a source because they were, they viewed it. There's view attribution yeah. in your ad. So you'd still get from an attribution standpoint in your ads manager attributed okay. in sales. Um, okay. But if you're using like, Google Analytics, something like that, you might lose some no, some tracking. So Google there. Analytics would just show you as a, it was a TikTok traffic, but it's not going to show you down to that UTM Spark. Yeah, but TikTok itself will still track you down to that Spark ad and say, hey, that you know you got sales from that. Okay, great. Okay, because great. they viewed, yeah, they viewed they that. They viewed yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so so we talked about how to get that creative down, kind of how you film that creative, you put it up into TikTok. Now, what you said the UI is pretty similar to Facebook. Once you go in there. How's targeting work? Do you recommend people, you know, do they even have like optimized per lead, optimized by sale? Like what are some of the raw settings without getting too crazy advanced? It's like you're setting up a new client. What do you do? You got a new client that just sent you a video. You like it. You're like, all right, we're going to run some ads for them on this. And let's say they go to a lead gen page. Um, no sale, just, you know, opt in. What are, what are the optimizations and how are you going to do the targeting? Yeah, so typically you'd launch, like if you're going to do your, your core prospecting conversion campaign, and there's some other campaigns you'd run simultaneously for a new ad account to warm it up. You'd run some like video views, top of funnel stuff to just bring in lots of data um, and test a little more aggressively. But let's go core prospecting. So your prospecting campaign, you have nine objectives that you can run through, um, ranging from basically all the same things as Facebook. You have your your reach, your video views, you have your, your traffic, you have community engagement, which is like PPE, where you can get followers and likes on videos. Um, and then you have your core kind of conversion campaigns. You have your, your lead forms where it's like lead generation, which is a native lead form that pops up and auto populates and you can zap in leads. You have your product catalog sales, which is for e-com, which pulls in your product feed, does a lot of cool stuff there. Most people are going to be using conversion, right? Core kind of the conversion objective. And then from there, they can select different pixel events. So, um, they're named differently, but just for the sake of this podcast, you know, for purchases or for leads or for add to carts. Right, those are what they can optimize for there. So most people are going to want to choose that conversion campaign. From an optimization standpoint, if you're doing a lead campaign, you can go lead right out of the gate. It's going to be a submit form. That's kind of the name of the event that you're going to use there. Um, oh. But leads out of the gate because you'll, it's a low enough cost. So you'll get enough conversion events to get out of the learning phase. If you're selling an econ product or a higher ticket product, you don't want to go complete payment out of the gate um, because you're not going to, be able to spend enough. That there's not enough data on the account. Um, there's gonna be a lot of issues. So you want to optimize for higher funnel events. Ideally, you want to get 50 plus conversion events in a seven day window um, for every new ad group to exit learning. Um, if you're on Facebook, you're familiar with the learning phase is. I believe with Facebook, I've talked about this many times, but I think for Facebook, it's uh, BS gamification that they they came out with years ago to figure out to get, to get you to spend more money. Um, I don't think Facebook really needed that. They're so advanced. With TikTok, I do believe that the learning phase actually has an impact because it's still an immature platform in the grand scheme of things. 
especially for new ad accounts. You want to pass as much signal data back as possible. Um, so it would be ad group optimized for leads. We're usually going to have two to three ad groups for a prospecting campaign out of the gate. One's going to be broad, wide open, zero targeting. Unless of course you're like, you're selling a, a dating program for men, obviously not can target women. So there's some obvious things you'd remove, but as broad as possible, the other one's going to be layered interest. So a bunch of relevant interests all stacked together because with TikTok, uh, broader works better. Um, and their range is going to be balanced, but like balance for TikTok on the audience scale is like 40, 50, 60 million plus people. So pretty big audience size you're going after. Um, so you have one broad, one combination of a bunch of relevant interests. And then if you have source data um, for lookalikes, you have emails, phone numbers, or IDFAs. Um, so there's device IDs, essentially. You can upload those, build some lookalikes, and stack all your lookalikes together. If you don't have any lookalike source data, you can go just two ad groups, broad, layered interest. Um, you're going to set your budget uh, using like a really basic formula. So just uh, 50 times your average cost per objective. So if it's cost per lead, your time to average cost per lead divided by seven, that's going to give you your budget per day to make sure you exit learning. Um, so of yeah. your daily budget, you're going to go lowest cost out of the gate, no manual bidding. Um, and then usually four to six ads, four to six creatives out of the gate that we launch with um, to start testing. Uh, so that, that's kind of our so initial structure. What are you seeing ad cost wise? So we talked about, you know, you talked about daily budget, 50 times seven makes sense. Or sorry, you need 50 leads over seven days, so 50 divided by seven. Like, let's say right now, a webinar registration on Facebook is going to cost me 15 to $20. It's just, it is what it is. Roughly, what do you see that, what would you estimate? Like, is it half the price on TikTok? Is it less than that? Like, what would you budget in your mind? The short answer is it really depends. Like, it, I, yeah. I can't give you an exact answer because it depends on <coughs> industry. Um, what yeah. I can tell you is that... Um, because the one variable that we can that we see the most comparison right, is CPM, like because it's hard to compare all the other metrics because they're so different. Yeah, 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 yeah. But on the CPM basis, pretty much across the board, we are seeing CPMs that are dramatically lower than Facebook, and that can range from half the cost on a CPM basis to you know 30 percent lower. Some, I mean, we have some ecom clients that on conversion campaigns are getting two to three dollars CPMs for purge optimization, which is insane. Wow. Like that, that's, that's wild. And again, that's the most extreme example. Those are brands that are verified, real big consumer brands that like really create killer content and creative and get rewarded. But like, it's possible. Like that's, that's not doable on Facebook. Like that's, that's wild. Um, yeah. Even on the info space. So you're talking like, um, you know, the knowledge-based business. We're seeing a lot of, of lead gen campaigns ranging anywhere from, you know, eight, $9 on the low end to $25 on the high end. Um, most, most ad groups are ending up kind of in the teens, um, on an average basis. We're seeing, I mean, we're seeing less than half the cost of a web bridge. Now, you know, the jury is still out. So everyone who's listening, I just want you to understand I'm seeing less than half, but also the quality of the leads, not quite where Facebook is, but Facebook, we've been optimizing that pixel for five years over millions of dollars spent. So TikTok, what I'm expecting is a pixel is going to optimize and ad costs could go down or up, but we have such a wide range to work with right now where it's like, you know, um, it's still, how long do you think this environment stays? How long do you think until us marketers attack the crap out of TikTok and the ad cost goes skyrocketing? What, what is your thought on that? Six, six to 12 months. Yeah. That's I, I think too. like conservatively six to 12 months, I think by, um, I would say on the most expedited, like the fastest end Q4, this coming Q4, 
I think yeah. we see really high costs. I think we already saw it like this Q4 was was surprising how high costs got, given that it was really the kind of second big Q4 for TikTok. Um, yeah. A lot of people jumped on it. A lot of spend got allocated from Facebook to TikTok. And transparently, a lot of people, most people know this in the space, like it was a rough Q4 this year for online businesses. It was not good. No, it was tough. Um, I think six to 12 is aggressive. I, I personally, if I was to just put like, I think it'd be a little longer. I'll tell you why I just feel like it could be a little longer is because I still think they have a lot of users to attract. So the demand will go up, but I also think the supply is gonna skyrocket too. And I think you're gonna convert a lot of TikTok users who are just viewers into creators. I think you're seeing more and more people dabble. So the inventory of ads and, sorry, the inventory of videos. It's interesting. I, I think we are still, we still haven't really seen the growth TikTok can bring because uh, even with YouTube right now, right? Like they, YouTube's just kicking ass. I mean, it's still growing. It's 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 insane to see what YouTube's able to do. Well, if they're doing that, imagine the imagine the runway TikTok still has. It's 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 incredible. But the latest number I saw was, I believe this is kind of internal data that they shared with us. Um, I think it was something like fifty five or sixty percent of TikTok users are creating a video, at least one TikTok every week. Wow. That's huge. That's super wild. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. Awesome. All right. So, wow. It's been, uh, man, we've, we've really gone deep and, and I want everyone to understand. I'm going to try to summarize now. I mean, we can probably have Max back for a little bit more of a detailed one, but basically pick up the trends, look at what's working. You repeat that in your own way. That becomes your ad. You can run sales-based uh, optimizations. You can run lead-based optimizations. You go into their system. You want to make sure you get 50 conversions in a seven-day window. That'll help you exit the learning phase. And that's when you can really start to scale. The audiences are there. They're huge. The app platform is adding stuff every single day to their platform. Um, that's, it's, it, it is really inspiring. So for everyone who's thinking about it, go in there and do it. I can tell you right now, we're going to be focusing a lot on it. We're putting a lot of resources behind it. Because I already know with ad networks and platforms I test, if you can get a sale within the first few days, it doesn't matter what you spent. If, you know, well, within reason. But you know, I'm not looking to be positive ROAS. Um, if I can get within the first few days a decent, like, oh my God, okay, we spent this much, we recovered most of it. And I've already had, last I checked with the team, which was which would be two, three days ago from the time we're filming this, we had already had like four or five sales. And so it's funny because I'm super excited and the team's like, well, and I'm like, oh no, I've been around long enough to tell you this, this is it. Like this, 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 this is it. We're going to work. This is going to be big. Uh, and then not to mention, I mean, you were kind enough to share with me because my audience is very similar to Russell's audience. So it's like, you know, if, if Russell's making it work, I'm pretty sure our audience it kind of have overlap. So I'm pretty sure we'll make it work. Um, incredible stuff, man. Really serious. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm really excited to see everything. One quite one last question for you. So I, I want to go, I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff on TikTok starting, like I said, mid, late April probably late April, it's going to be all clout driven. So like right now for the rest of this year, I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff that's clout driven, um, getting better at my Facebook, my Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I'm putting a lot more, I'm going to be putting a lot more folks on tick, uh, YouTube. On TikTok, can I run ads? Can I run a Spark video to gain more followers? Is that a thing yet? Like where you literally are encouraging them to follow you and TikTok's okay with that? The community engagement objective. So inside Ads Manager, okay. community engagement, um, it allows you to optimize for follows. And uh, and yeah, I mean, we have we have clients that are doing that and getting anywhere from five to 15 cent follows 
And those are like, not like back in the day with Facebook, people were doing, you know, Bangladesh and stuff to get that. This is like us targeting your actual core demo on the platform. That is cool. I think that's one thing I'm going to be playing a lot with and, and trying. So something I didn't know that they were allowing, but I learned that today. Uh, Max, where can people go to follow you, stalk you, learn more from you? What do you got, man? Throw some URLs and social media handles out to us. Yeah, I would say the best, you know, just to give a, a very soft plug. Um, so we, we built a program called TikTok Insiders um, at tiktokinsiders.com. By the way, we bought up, this is like, we were blown away by how many domains we were able to get back in the day on TikTok. We owned like a lot of great, great TikTok um, ad domains. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, tiktokinsiders.com is our, uh, is the URL for it. And basically what I decided to do is like, I didn't want to do a um, like individual core. I don't want to do like all these piecemeal things. So I just said like, I'm going to create this kind of all in program where it has all of our video libraries, how to do it with this amazing community of 600 marketers in there now ranging from people just getting started, people spending 50K plus a day. We have members of our TikTok team actually in there. Um, they're not using their TikTok emails, but they're in there like helping people out because they can't officially be in there. Um, and then I do quarterly masterclasses. I do every quarter. I do like a four hour big live call. I teach all the coolest, latest stuff, do Q and A's. Um, so it's a fun program. Anybody interested, you can go to tiktokinsiders.com, check it out. It's probably the best best thing you can do if you're looking to learn the, uh, the platform. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, if you just want to learn more about the, what we're doing, unicorninnovations.com is kind of our catch-all. It has everything that we're doing as a company, all the companies we're involved in. You can learn more about our agency, consulting. We, we do a lot of stuff. Um, so that's that's that. And then um, on TikTok, at uh, Maxwell underscore Finn is my handle there. And on Instagram, it's at MaxFinn. Love it. Everyone, tiktokinsiders.com. Make sure you go there and sign up. I don't even know how much it is, but I promise you it's worth every penny. Get in, get involved. Uh, you guys have seen me talking a lot about TikTok, organic and the paid side, don't say I didn't tell you. We're already a little late to the game, but it's not too late by any means. I'm getting in heavy. Uh, I've told everybody, 2022 for me, YouTube and TikTok. Those are my two big focus points. I'm going to make good on it. Max, thanks so much for being here, man. It has been an amazing, amazing episode. I've learned so much. Hope to have you back again. Um, and to the rest of you listening, you know what to do. Come on, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. Make sure you leave a comment. Make sure you, you know, if you're listening to us on any of the audio podcast, uh, you know, tools, make sure you go there and subscribe to us and leave us a great review. And hey, go to onikpodcast.com, onik, A-N-I-K podcast.com to binge listen to all of our other episodes. Uh, we've got some great episodes for you to listen to. Other than that, learn.com. I'll see you inside the entrepreneurial community. And like I always say, when life pushes you, stand straight, smile, push it the heck back. Go out there, fight for your dreams. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to The Fighting Entrepreneur with your host, Onyx Singal.